Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Actors with Issues. I am your host, Juan Ayala, and this week we had a delightful, insightful conversation with actress Courtney Gift. Over the past couple of years, Courtney has worked on a dozen network shows, including FBI, Ray Donovan, The Deuce, Prodigal Son, Godfather of Harlem, and most recently, NBC's Lincoln Rhyme. Now, as someone who had years of experience working in business, she gets into the nitty-gritty of how actors need to approach show business and learn to market themselves. Now, before we get started, as rallies and protests continue across the country for the Black Lives Matter movement, please raise your voice and make yourself heard. It's also Pride Month, so if you have the chance, look for an organization that helps those in the LGBTQ plus community and people of color as every dollar contributed helps them educate, grow, and help those that are in need. Organizations like the Black AIDS Institute, the LGBTQ plus Freedom Fund, the Trans Justice Funding Project, the Okra Project, Youth Breakout, and many more. Now, please enjoy this conversation with Courtney Gift. So you mentioned that your 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 father was it your grandfather that was an actor? Yeah, my father was a SAG actor in London okay. back in the sixties and seventies. Gotcha. Um, but otherwise, you don't really have anyone in the family that was sort of involved in the arts. Um, so, like, when exactly did you um, get your start? Um, you know, was it sort of very young as a child? Was it a little bit later? I think as a child, especially growing up with very older siblings who weren't in the house with me, it was really important for them to do, you know, plays, theater, classical music, languages, really just acquire skill sets outside of just academia. Mm -hmm. So it was church plays, school plays. Um, I did summer children's theaters where it was like a grueling audition process Mm -hmm. and things of that nature. But a lot of musical theater when I was younger. Um, and when was it that you um, sort of got your, that you consider you sort of got your break? Like, you know, you finally got your foot mm. in the door for TV. I would say probably three years ago, mm-hmm. four years ago, I made a decision to leave uh, sales. Okay. Um, I, I was in fashion sales and I was a buyer for many years. And I decided just, I had had enough of the industry. I wanted to take a break and find myself. And Three years ago, I got a break on Investigation Discovery. Yeah. Evil Lives Here and my first principal part. So that was pretty exciting. Yeah. I love how many opportunities that network has created for, for actors, <laughs> um, especially non-union actors, because their shows, it's, um, so, you know, for those listening that are not familiar with what Investigation Discovery is, my mom's obsessed with that network, first of all. Um, but it's basically um, sort of, documentary style crime reenactments um so telling real stories about real people and they often will recreate certain scenes and scenarios so actors really get to play these sort of like crazy characters who doesn't love playing like those those types of characters you know you don't really come across them that much but because they're sort of documentary style they're not entirely scripted it isn't a union project so a lot of non-union actors who are trying to get their foot in the door who want that footage for their reel get to work on a professional set uh, and you said you work on Evil Lives here, is that correct? Yes, I did. And it was really rewarding also because I have so much international family in Jamaica, Guyana, England. So even to this day, I get pictures from family <laughs> like, I just saw you on TV. And I was just like, oh, my God, you know, it's, it's, it, it was really rewarding because it was something that um, I could share with the family, yeah. you know, and it was that first moment of principal acting on a show. So it was my first non-union big experience, but um, very rewarding. I still think about it. <laughs> um so 
with um you said that you um had a background in sales um and what did you go to college for initially and where did you go to college Oh, um, I went to Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is is funny now as an actor because it does have such a strong theater program. But um, I would say having being first generation and having immigrant parents, they were like, let's get a real job. So <laughs> yep, same. <laughs> I I kind of I kind of like I did theater in groups, but I was a major actually in business and French with a minor in Spanish and drama. And um, I did theater groups and I would go support other productions and kind of had a longing and said maybe long term I'd be a producer or something, which I've had the opportunity to do for one short film. But um, really, the, the focus was business, not really knowing how I'd leverage it. And then I ended up in fashion and then eventually international fashion. So gotcha. um, mm -hmm. and have you sort of seen any overlap or crossover between your two fields? I love that question, Juan. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> a big part of what I talk to younger actors about, and I'm still, in essence, a young actor with only four years in the industry, is um, it's show business mm -hmm. and entertainment industry for a reason. And, and I, I love being able to leverage all the creativity that I had in business in a new way, in a new format. But at my core, I'm still a business person. So I'm, I'm very cognizant that nothing's personal. I'm very cognizant that um, there are advertisers in television and there's a lot of money on the line mm -hmm. um, with films as well. Uh, when we set back productions, when we're late, I'm very cognizant of the business aspect of it. So I find sometimes uh, there's an emotional component to this, of course, because we're constantly putting our ourself on the line, right? We're auditioning for what, 90% of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I get the emotional component. Um, but the business side for me has also been very anchoring and grounding so that I don't take um, what some see as rejection personally. Um, it's funny. I'm actually starting a, a sort of career guidance advice a YouTube channel for young actors who have no idea where to even start. Because um, from so I'm also from Connecticut. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, uh, I saw right that. Right now, I'm in Trumbull. <laughs> awesome. Be safe. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, usually in Brooklyn, um, but because of everything going on, I figured let me go be with family um, instead of, you know, being cooped up. Not even with my roommate because he works in a hospital, so he's been quarantined oh. elsewhere as well. Um, um, but, yeah, so, you know, I'm also from Connecticut because from the the college that I went to, I went to um, Housatonic. Um, very small community college. Mm -hmm. They're the only one in Connecticut with a, a an actual theater degree. Um, wow! So um, because I'm one of the few sort of working actors from that group, I often get sent folk, like you know young actors who are like, "Where do I start? How do I get my name out there?" And I'm like, "Well, you have to have something to show first. Like, forget about <laughs> your name. Do you have a headshot? Like, you know, like basic." things the that, marketing materials yeah. yes it's and, and I think people are are um underestimating the importance of it and not just taking the photo but really understanding the brand that mm -hmm. you're pitching right because we are pitching ourselves and what's shocking to me is how much onus actors put on their reps yeah because somebody once told me if they're taking 10 percent or 15 percent then they're doing that much work <laughs> and that means you have to take on the 90 percent yeah. so so I gladly give them their their percentages right but I'm so 
clear that my relationships will drive my relation, my, my career, not their relationships, mm. you know? Um, so, so, and, and, and that cognizance has been a big part of the business mind. So I, I applaud you for doing that because a lot of people are coming out of great schools and studios with no yeah. clue about the like industry. They've got a pillar monologue. <laughs> they will act oh. shit out of whatever. And they haven't taped it. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You ask them, you know, and that's like the bare minimum. If you don't have a reel yet, get a monologue on tape. And and by all means, I agree that training is important, and it's a con- and it's a constant um, lifetime pursuit. One should never let it go, right? You should always be crafting mm-hmm. and developing and, and digging into your arsenal and finding new pieces. But um, we got to get real with actors as a community mm-hmm. and say uh, the biggest issue is that sometimes we're a little emotional and we're not seeing the bigger picture. Yeah. <laughs> there's a bigger picture than our art. Yeah. You know, there's, there's MUAs, there's hair and makeup, there's producers and showrunners, you know, so I'm so cognizant of who's in front and behind of the camera. And that's, that's the business. Yeah. And, and with acting, um, a big emphasis is to, you know, I feel like it's an age-old saying, but so many, so few people follow it. They think that I've got my theater degree, so why do I have to take acting <laughs> classes? I know how to act. But if you look at uh, so many other fields, like I was studying to be a, a personal trainer, to be one of my many side mm. hustles. Um, and nurses as well have to get continuing education credits in order for their certification to not expire. They have to take constant classes and get recertified. So actors should think of it the same way. Of like you, ha- I mean, a lot of actors are servers. You have to yeah. learn new new cuisine at restaurants and new wines yeah. and cocktails. Sometimes, like you just need to constantly adjust in any industry. So for me, especially with COVID, it's a great example of the the playing field's kind of even now. Yeah. You know, like how do you how do you step up and leverage this opportunity? Yeah. You know, and not see it as negative. You know, yeah. So. And with so many people, um, you know, I'm I'm very active on. Um, community groups on Facebook and on Reddit um, that are centered around acting. And I'll give my two cents whenever someone asks a question and someone said like, um, <clears throat> should I wait to um, to get all of these things done and updated? And my advice was get as much done as you can on your own. Like I have been editing my reel <laughs> on my iPhone using iMovie. Yes, yes, iMovie saves yeah. so much Because money. we yes. don't have you know, and it's like basic editing. You don't need this big flashy reel because, you know, the, we, I mean, you know, the working actors know that, you know, CDs don't get past 40 seconds tops of your reel. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you don't have to, to put all this stuff up front and worry about making it like a trailer. It's a trailer for, for you, you know, it's a trailer of your skills. So it's... Uh, I had a friend who wanted to create a short Mm -hmm. film. He had five scenes and one scene would have really helped his reel. I said, take a beat and just create the scene. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we have such big, glorious ideas and it's a 7K budget for this short film that you want to put in 50 festivals. And maybe you just create that scene to start getting your work going, you know, so. Get something on camera. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I was doing um, a handful of workshops with the SAG After Foundation. Because um, mm. they offer all these free like Q and A's. Yeah, I, I've been taking a few at foundation. Yeah, yeah those are so so helpful. But one of the big takeaways of it was, um, you know, was because of where we are with the industry right now, um, and the measures that will be taken in the future. Do we think that co-stars might start to disappear a little bit because they can't control where their co-star has been 
for the two weeks prior. So it's, it, that'll be particularly, you know, they can control. I don't agree. You, oh, you don't? I don't agree. I have very strong views about it. I know I, I actually took a few weeks to think on this, right, Juan? Because um, I've heard it a few places. I heard it at SAG After Foundation. Um, I've heard it through a few reps and gossip. Um, but the casting directors themselves, especially for like New York procedurals, I'm trying not to call people out specifically, yeah. <laughs> but New York procedurals or... Um, other procedurals in other cities that we know, right? Um, or people who do a lot of street scenes, especially in New York, right? They depend on co-stars. They depend on the yeah. co-stars and the environment yeah. to create the feeling of the show. So in those cases, I think that what I've been thinking creatively in my head is um, reusing people, you know, more recurrence mm -hmm. maybe, because um, you're controlling kind of the, the amount of people on the payroll for a month, right? Um, uh, reusing background, which I hear some people do, but some people don't like to do. Um, but the street environment is probably the scariest part about New York because it taking away the street, you don't really know you're in the city. Yeah. Um, and and a lot of people said, or a show like Bull is a great example. They have a lot of jurors mm. every episode. It just, I mean, how do you do that? I think they have about what at least five, seven co-stars of jurors an episode on top of the other co-stars and guest yeah. stars. Oh, right, because it's the 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 jury and then the, the mirror whole show. jury, right? Yeah, the whole show. Yes, the mirror oh. jury. But I think sometimes they're they're background. They're not close to right. credit, not right? All, yeah, yeah. But yeah, not all the time. Sometimes the mirror is if they say something, right? But in essence, that would also put onus on what? The showrunners and writers to just start cutting lines. Yeah. Like you're literally pulling out dialogue. So it's a very um, tricky process in terms of how you start feeding and disseminating shows like FBI, yeah. you know, uh, Law and Order, Chicago, all these shows that are really driven on the yeah. environment. So I, I've been watching these shows over and over, trying to figure it out in my head how you cut like it's, it's the, random, the random prostitute in the yeah. street or the crack dealer. Yeah, how do you do that? I, I don't know if you're really in a drug den or if you're just in a random street, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and with certain know. shows like the procedures, I mean, you watch an episode of Law and Order, there are anywhere from you know eight to 15 co-stars because they go actually it's upwards 30 it's crazy it's upwards 30 sometimes like i i, I put my my head around it a few times the crossover shows could help too in dick wolf's yeah. world he started yeah, that yeah. already so you're crossing over chicago med to fire to pd could be some of the same people but i literally obsess mentally over it because there's nothing but time that i just can't imagine new york without new york yeah. Yeah. it would be like um like, you know, the Netflix Marvel shows, those were very intimate. Those <laughs> yes, were... Yes, they were good at yeah, that. Yeah, they were... Except for Luke Cage. Luke Cage was in the club all the time with hundreds mm -hmm. of extras. Good Lord. <laughs> and all the stunts, yeah. too. It's like throwing me up across yeah, a club. Certain and, shows but no, the Marvel work. shows were very insulated on a studio lot. And we know this just because, well, I've seen a lot, right? Yeah. So there is a lot that they would keep switching out. And, and it was very insulated. You saw the cityscape there. But there's some places... Some shows, I don't know. It's it, it's a question mark. It's being discussed a lot, but I'm obsessed yeah. with how can you miss it? How can you miss yeah. New York? I mean, even shows like Pose with the ball scenes. How are you gonna do those scenes? Oh gosh! Oh, that saddens me because they're already shooting this season. So agreed. I mean, the rewriting, the extraordinary amount of work, yeah. right? So I always say, right now, writers <laughs> are probably getting a lot yeah. of pressure. Let's see scripts, yeah. you know. So I say, be kind to your friends who are writers because I have some TV writer friends. And and they need the procrastination. They're just as anxious as everyone else in, in, in all yeah. of these countries, right? So I just said there's a lot of pressure. 
to to adjust yeah. for this time. And you're right. I never even thought about the ballroom yeah. scenes. And um, <laughs> oh yeah, my, it's it's insane. Um, mm-hmm. You work on post, correct? Yes, I did. Oh, with MJ Rodriguez oh, in my scene, queen. and she was amazing. She's such a queen, <laughs> and um, so grounded and down yeah. to earth. And from the from the get, I think we had breakfast and hair, and just chatting, yeah. and 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 extraordinarily not diva. Yeah. You know? So it was refreshing. Um, one of the my favorite people to yeah. work with by far. Um, you know, I was looking on your IMDb to see all the stuff you worked in, and I was like, holy hell, Courtney had a hell of a year <laughs> last year. Girl. Yeah, 2019 was killer. I didn't stop. My mom asked me when last she saw me. I said it's been over a year. <laughs> but <laughs> to be honest, right? Except on a Zoom or a, a WhatsApp. Right. But um, it was amazing. It was an amazing year. It was um intense because we always say whatever you book, right? The auditions behind it are hundreds yeah. of auditions, right? And you yeah. know, just looking at the numbers, I feel like people don't really grasp how much of a win it is just to get the audition the theater where you just show up do your song or your monologue and leave you know they have they're looking through hundreds if not over like 2,000 submissions sometimes for one co-star role for a couple of lines for big network yeah. co-stars for big network co-stars you're easily talking four to seven thousand and for guest stars you could be 1,500 yeah. to 2,000 and you're up against you know big wigs I mean I think I think you get over the the imposter, do they call it imposter complex, syndrome. imposter yeah. syndrome? Yeah, I, I think at first, you know, you're you're kind of looking around the room all the time, like, why am I here with so-and-so? <laughs> I saw them, as, you know, on this show, and I look up to you. And one time I literally grasped the girl's hand in audition, like, I loved you and got them, right? <laughs> so, so, so that happens, right? But um, after a while, it's just a very deeply rewarding yeah. experience to be yeah. invited into the room. And how about this? It's even more rewarding when you're invited mm. back to a room. I don't care. And I know this sounds ridiculous and stupid, you know, cause you're like, oh, Courtney, you booked, right? But I, I seriously believe this and most actors need to hear it. I don't care about the booking, the, the gushy stuff, the good stuff is the yeah. audition. Cause that, that's, that's like school every time. Like, what are you bringing today? What are you feeling your body today? How are you gonna use it? You know, it's always a, a, a new fun rush, yeah. you know, so. And with, you know, with auditions, so many people, you know, cause on average, maybe 20 to 30, depending on the role, sometimes 40, might get called in for an audition. And even that's mm-hmm. a very high number. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have to really whittle it down cause they have time constraints or, or whatnot. Um, <laughs> Yeah, especially yeah. network. Yeah. So, you know, from those thousands of submissions, they have to get it down to this microscopic less than 1% um, just for audition. So if you get the audition and, you know, some people don't don't see that as a win. And to me, it's just like, it's crazy. And, and um, you know, my agent is um, in Nashville and Atlanta. So it's a different market. So it's oh, a lot lovely. of um, self-tapes for those. And sometimes I would, get that imposter syndrome i'd be like wait they want me to audition to be a prison guard i'm not at all of that <laughs> and then you know in hindsight i'm like why the heck was i questioning the casting director it's their yes, job Swan. that's the, that's the bad stuff. it's their yeah. job to look for people and if they look through those hundreds or thousands of submissions and they picked me why am i questioning their judgment this is their career and they have decades yeah. of experience. Like I've, I've, I've had some casting directors who have Emmys yeah. 
you know, give me an opportunity. And I'm like, why am I here? And I, I literally looked at one of them because I, kn- I know him well in particular. <laughs> he was like, you got to get over that, Courtney. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't bring that in in the room, you know. Um, it's extraordinary how much we'll talk ourselves yeah. out of things. Uh, I've, I've gone back to offices for the temp time and still been like, why am I here? You know, so, so, so we have to get out of our heads. We have to receive from the universe that people know what they're doing and you're there for a reason. Um, there's many times I'm the only, not just black person in the room, but woman. Mm. There've been many times I go for roles that they probably originally just thought it was gonna go to a white cisgender yeah. man, right? And they changed their mind a few times. So those are the moments where I'm like, wow, I just threw it away and was like, I'm in a room full of white guys. I don't know why I'm right. here, <laughs> but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just bring mm-hmm. what I bring, you know? And that, that could, that's, that's the rewarding moments too. There've been many times that casting and my showrunners have changed their direction. Yeah. Um, it was originally for someone else and I was the wild card. Um, so I just say, go in and bring what you bring and don't compare yourself. That's the trap, like never. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What are some of the um, more common misconceptions that you um, see other actors have about the industry and also that people outside of the industry might have? Mm. Well, I think we covered the actor misconception. I think that they, uh, they fail to realize how many people mm. are involved <laughs> in, in, a, in a program on television because that's what a lot of people are targeting. I want to be on TV or a big feature film. So sometimes... Again, we get so focused on our own part in the larger, our cog in the larger machine that we fail to realize what other people do. The misconception a lot of people have about actors from my family Mm -hmm. and friends experience is that everything is coming up roses, (laughs) I guess. Like we're we're always ready to receive joy, pain, everything because we show that, right? And so, yeah, everything's coming up roses might be the the title of the last (laughs) few years for me. So I get such, I get, you know, sometimes I get very painful stories with no uh, Mm. filter. People just kind of drop it on you because you're an actor and you deal with emotions. Um, And I also get people who don't, like understand I can be sad like oh but your life is perfect it's it's an actor so I find that now it's very important for me to a have boundaries but also b um be very clear in communicating with friends and loved ones because my mom for a very long time was just like it's the dream you know like what's the problem Um, (laughs) and um, we had to have real conversations about acting is not going to fulfill every aspect of your life. And as I work as an actor, I learned, yes, I need to get back to dance. I need to get back to painting or cooking more or doing other activities that have nothing to do with acting. Um, A sense of service is important this year for me. Charitable activities, being a volunteer in my community, all those things will help my acting too. So I think the misconception is that all we do is acting and all we want to talk about is acting. And um, I'm a sports fan. I love music. There's other things in my life, you know? So (laughs) instead of like talking about that one scene in um, 
and the episode that yeah. came out two years ago. You know, so. <laughs> so yes, actors are human, and we 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 feel pain, and more importantly, we have lots of interests. Like, um, so so I want to make sure I keep exploring that and don't just become the actor who only talks right. about acting. It's funny, so many times you know people yeah. will see you on on TV for five seconds for your toaster and like oh my god what are they like and it's like well i don't always <laughs> you know i'm like how how much how long do you think i was working on this episode <laughs> was a couple hours or a day pose pose i think pose took half a day and i was sad <laughs> i was like can we just go eat you know um you know some experience are some experiences yeah. are four hours you know and some experiences yeah. are 12 hours and like you know, full hair, full makeup, and nobody's talking to you for maybe ten of the twelve hours. You know, so That's, that was that was my yeah. spot. For it's me. not always glorious. <laughs> oh, really? Because I'm sure there's so many th- moving pieces in that show, that and you is. were great, Juan. I love that. Yeah, and you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back. Waiting for those episodes to finally come out. Jesus, we wrapped uh, the la- I worked on the on the series finale, which was really fun. Um, and that was awesome. you know we wrapped in November. Oh yes, I forgot yeah. you did wrap um, quite it was early. Supposed wow. to be, we're, we weren't even have supposed to premiere yet. I think we we're supposed to initially come out in July, but because all of these other shows had to cut their season short because they didn't get to finish filming, they sort of bumped us up to May. Yeah, it pushed you out. Yeah, so I oh, think got they it. just okay. aired episode four or five. Um, yeah, it looks great. I mean, this this season is actually different. Quite, like it's it's pace, very so. different. To me. It's less yeah. procedural and it's more like let's. Because it's the final season, so they're like, we have to wrap up the story. We gotta, you know, you know, cut all these yeah. ends and, and whatnot. They didn't want to leave anything um, open, so it's really cool seeing so many of the. Because I was a fan of the show before I was on it. Because um, when it first came out, it was a, mm-hmm. a hit. It was huge. Um, season one was huge. Um, so you know when it, um, it's really cool seeing this season, and they're bringing back so many of the guest actors. Who who were in it before? Yes. Like, oh my god! I totally forgot this person was in the show. That's a random <laughs> tech from blah blah blah. Yeah, I I kept seeing no, I kept seeing yeah, like yeah. Um, the flashbacks, and I would go, wow, "Oh, really, yeah. You know, yeah. Throwing it back, um, which I I love about that show. Um, but I remember there was a I won't give spoilers because it hasn't aired yet. But there was a stunt scene that we did. Um, it was pretty much like a, a one stunt sequence, and then um, a little scene after it was like the aftermath. 14 hours <laughs> two scenes just two wow. scenes, but because it's stunts and there's so much involved in lots of rehearsals before the mm-hmm. thing little cannons start shooting off <laughs> dust and whatnot um such a long day and then for this sometimes you're just happy to bring food yeah. <laughs> on the bus home and it's cold by the time you get home like people like there's great food on set but that's another misconception mm-hmm. i always say nutrition is important Sometimes they have hamburgers and all sorts of things. But if I know I'm going to go into a scene where I'm wearing, you know, a mm. tight fitting uniform and I have to cry, I probably don't want to eat heavy meat. So I'll like have a smoothie or salad, yeah. sadly, and then watch like the, the you know, the guys moving yeah, the big yeah. uh, jigs and stuff, like eating their burger. And I'm going, I'm, I have to do that. That's a sacrifice. But the misconception is like, we're eating these luxurious meals all the time. <laughs> exactly yeah. nutrition is key on set because i even see it with the series regulars sometimes they're like i'll pass and have something lighter because they know it's going to be yeah. a heavy day a 14 hour day in your case like that's a lot, yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> the, the days on that show were, were usually pretty long um just because they have so much to film um and you know they're just mm. because while there are some bigger stunt days on location somewhere 
if it's in the lab, a good third of the episode is in the lab. So they're just trying to, you know, do, you know, eight to 10 pages in a day and just knock out as many labs <sighs> as they can. Um, and I played a lot of tech, so yeah. <laughs> I was in a lot of those. Um, Godfather of Harlem, they had 60s mm-hmm. clothing, early 60s clothing. Um, the underwear <laughs> was very tight. And then they put um, tight stockings on top of it. And then, like, in, in essence, you're, like, being tied into almost a corset outfit for 12 to Jesus. 14 hours like you. And um, I, they didn't touch us on set till later. But obviously, they want you prepared yeah. in a larger set. You yeah. know, they don't have time to go back. But um, I remember I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm supposed to be so joyous by the time I got on screen. <laughs> and I was just sweating. And <laughs> so, yeah, the yeah. stamina, nobody knows that. Um, I don't think actors who haven't done yeah. it yet even know that. So the stamina is important. That's why I've been working out, too. Yeah, I need especially to keep once, stamina. you know, like, like I said before, <laughs> once the floodgates open up and everything starts filming again, you got to be ready to hit the ground running. Yeah, I want to do some of my own stuff. <laughs> I got a few roundhouses in me. <laughs> uh, so one of your more um, recent bookings was uh, Ling and Ryan, correct? Was it the last? The, the yes, most yes. That was my first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. That was my first recurring. Um, and, and what was your experience like working on that show? Um, it was very intense because of the scene. Uh, the, the lead was re- reliving a moment from her childhood that is kind of like a water gate opens mm-hmm. and it's an emotional moment. Um, but also I was very cognizant of what was going on because... Lincoln Ryan was a new show. It had mm-hmm. only been on like one episode. The way they tape it in essence is that the, mm-hmm. the guy Lincoln Rhyme, is at home and he's looking through a screen on the young lady's yeah. chest. Right. So there's a new camera I'm not used to seeing on set. So it was very important. I kind of knew what was going on or asking PAs because sometimes you think it was over and they'd come back in with this other camera you know, yeah. so there were some technical things that, again, actors should ask questions. Yeah. I was queen of asking questions because one time I didn't ask a question. They were like, can you go back now and do that emotional close-up? And I think I was, like, taking off my helmet and getting all comfortable that I was done. And I said, oh, my God, if I had, what, started eating tacos with yeah. the rest of the PAs or, um, you know, like, walked away, I would have been pulled out of something that I had to do as a close-up. The camera was clo- coming in closer to see my tears. And if I had just walked away and hadn't stayed focused. So Lincoln Rhyme taught me a lot technically about really paying attention to your camera people. Um, The script supervisor was a gem. Like every part of that cast, especially on a new show, is so, so much wants to push that show to do well. I saw the Mm. same thing in Prodigal Son. So it's it's kind of amazing being on a new show um, with new directors and and new DPs together. and watching how they work was actually the extraordinary part. It's a very technical show for yeah, the camera. With those work, newer so. shows, you know, you know, in some cases they shot the pilot or most of the first season, but it's not like you're going into like Law and Order where it's this well-oiled machine where they know what the tone is like, where they know, you know, it's like it's like clockwork for them. But with the newer shows, yeah. And that's why you wanna listen, right? Because you wanna get ahead of them. You you almost wanna I think you always mm. want to be a proactive actor, right? But on a new show, when they have time constraints and they're always yeah. going to go over budget and they're always going to go a little yeah. over it because they don't know yet, right? I don't want to mm. be the added stress. And so that's what's awesome about, I think, Lincoln Rhyme and Prodigal Son. Those two experiences, they were new shows. And and, the, and you want your cast yeah. to do well, your main cast, right? 
And they also want you to do well. So I, I found that there was cheering from both sides, you know, behind the camera and in front. Um, and the director, Steve Schill, is just one of the most amazing guys on Lincoln Rhyme. Mm -hmm. He did the first um, episode, but he was also an EP. And when I came back for the second episode, he, and I kind of reintroduced myself, <laughs> I said, of course I know you. And then and he also said, and I've already looked at the dailies from the last episode, nice, you were yeah. great, you know? And yeah, so like I know for life, if I Steve Steve Schill, we could talk about England, yeah. my dad's from the UK, we could talk about food, you know, and we had a connection. So again, being on set, being present and kind of learning people and, and, and learning names. It was That's amazing. So, awesome. um, so we're just, we're coming yeah. to the end of our time, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Oh, um, lovely. Uh, so just wanted to finish off with a quick rapid fire round. That's okay. <laughs> Love. Yes. I've, I've listened to your rapid fire one. I appreciate uh, so, it. So uh, what TV show do you want to join the cast of? Oi. Um, and I want to be favorites, but probably anything procedural. And right now, I think I would be awesome in the Chicago PD and, mm -hmm. um, or Fire World because uh, they could use yeah. a series regular <laughs> like me. <laughs> uh, someone that you would want to portray in their biopic. Mm, I would portray Nina Simone or Viola Good Davis. Choices. Wow. Okay. Uh, who's your current yeah. talent crush? Who's your garden? <laughs> I think I heard it right. <laughs> oh, like another actor? Oh, I'm going to say Jared P. Smith because it'll make him <laughs> blush and he's hot. Uh, what's the <laughs> survival job that you've had? Ooh, um, I was a, um, a hostess at a restaurant with um, very mm. stush people. <laughs> Such gotcha. for those who are listening or snobby. Uh, what role did you have the most fun playing? <laughs> oh, um, the most fun. The most fun was probably uh, that the prostitute slash drug dealer from The Deuce or Cousin Holly from Godfather of Harlem. Both mm -hmm. of those were very different people, <laughs> but one was a mother um, and another one was a prostitute. But I love playing light and dark characters i guess so those are the, probably two extremes uh, so what is your favorite accent to do and can we hear it <laughs> i was hoping maybe you should, your <laughs> questions change <laughs> um my favorite accent is probably my mom's uh, accent it's a guyanese accent and um i guess if i said something uh, like i can't understand her in, in, in an american accent you would say uh, <laughs> me can understand she me can understand she <laughs> so, so that's a Guyanese accent um, for those so listening. I live and work in Flatbush and it's a lot of it's a lot of Guyanese Haitian <laughs> so I hear that a lot uh, Trinidad you know so that yeah. brought me back because it's yeah, been a couple Brooklyn's, months Brooklyn's Brooklyn, finest so. <laughs> aw well we, could cut, well we want you back Come I'll be back, back soon, soon hopefully uh, what is your dream filming location <laughs> Oh, um, probably anywhere with beaches and mountains. But honestly, isn't any location a dream location right <laughs> now? We just want to work. <laughs> anywhere not at the house, not on a Zoom. Flat, uh, which role do you feel that you absolutely nailed? Ooh, I think I nailed, weirdly, the prostitute role and the Lady Marguerite in Camino Real in Tennessee Williams play. And they're both, they're both prostitutes, which I don't think <laughs> says anything about my character per se, but I, I, I did nail these two characters. And I think I brought like a humanity to their, 
to their jobs Dances. and professions. Right? Um, what existing movie franchise do you want? <gasps> movie? Um, oh gosh, this is easy. Black Panther. <laughs> I'll shave Ooh, it off. You would be a great Zora Milaje. Are you kidding? Oh, you'd be so cool. Oh my God. Like I just, I just yeah. want to, I want a spear, like send me down there. I'll do all the training yeah. and the dance on my own dime. Like I'm ready. Yeah. Love it. And and then, and the, not Black Panther, the woman, yeah, the woman film that they're thinking oh, about, the, right? The, That's what oh, I want to do. Called, the Queens um, of, I forget what it's it called, but I want to be with all the sister girls in Atlanta. No, it's called something else. No, they're doing a Black Panther, but just focus on the warrior woman. I forget what it's called. And maybe they don't, it's untitled, but Atlanta would be filming. And I'm just putting that out there that that's my dream. Put it out in the, to go put film it out with the, the sister girls. Uh, what type of character yes. do you never <laughs> want to play again? Don't have a never. I would play every one of them again. Uh, who would you want to portray <laughs> you in your biopic? Oh, that's easy. Tayana Paris. She, uh, she was in Mad Men. She was actually the first Black woman okay. in Mad Men. She was like a secretary. And then um, she did Chirac with Spike Lee. And what else? Tiana Paris was in If Bill Street Could Talk. She was the older okay. sister. Yeah, the sister. No, she wasn't, she wasn't in that. I don't know. Tiana yeah. Paris is amazing, though. Um, three yeah. actors alive or dead <laughs> that you want to share the screen with? Michaela Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, she did Chewing Gum. Tessa Thompson. Love Tessa Thompson. And I would like Viola Davis in a comedy. And also, I want a fourth. I want Russell Hornsby because oh, yeah. I never got to work with him on Lincoln Ryan, but I'm obsessed. Yeah, Russell's, yeah. Russell <laughs> is great. He's been, he's one of the many sort of like constantly working actors that people may not like know his name, but once you see his face, so, oh, I know who that is. Because he's been in like everything, you know, like especially the past couple of years, he was in, um, yeah, seventh. Then there was a, a legal show he was in after that that only lasted like one season. Oh, the one um, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. beautiful with the people girl on from ABC. Twilight and Kelsey Grammer was in it. Yes, I just thought the cast was beautiful yeah, he and was funny. Great in that. Yeah, I was, I, mm. that was a really a shame that he didn't that that, that, that didn't. I know exactly what you're talking about, and then Lincoln Rhyme um actually really as of yesterday. So I'm. Yes, and I'm looking at him so closely. Like I just want him to keep working because he's so disappointing that I didn't get. Like up. I want him on television. So disappointing. I know. Oh, it's I such know. a good story. Too, course, like, but... I don't know if you, um the movie that they did like years ago. Um. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, Denzel an Washington awesome... and Julia Roberts. Like, yeah. Oh, just such a cool story and concept, especially yeah. as a series, it so works. And that's just really disappointing. I think I'd looked up maybe like two or three days ago if it got renewed yeah. and it wasn't announced yet. But of course, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, where was I? Oh, uh, a theater or musical theater dream role? Oh. I don't think I have a dream role, but there's a lot of, uh, like, mm-hmm. Lynn Nottage and Katori Hall and Donja Love, like there's a lot of contemporary black playwrights that I just, I keep reading and being like enthralled by, like Denai Guerrero. Like, I just think I'd like to work on a lot of those contemporary black playwrights that we yeah. just didn't have in the conversation when I was younger. I mean, yeah. you had August <laughs> Wilson and August Wilson, right? Like, <laughs> you know, so I'm just so excited about contemporary yeah. black playwrights and the I voices. I always forget that Denai Guerrero is like a Tony Award nominated playwright as well as an actor. Yeah. 
Yeah. For that, Gosh, for those who don't, she's amazing. Um, who don't know who um, she is, she was uh, Okoye in Black Panther, and she was, I forget her character's name in The Walking Dead, but she um, had the really long dreads in this. Michonne, Michonne. She had the sword. Michonne, uh, Michonne. Total badass. Um, <laughs> uh, what's the role that got away? None of them. Everything has a reason. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I say that from a really zen mm. place. Like, I, I yeah. Uh, no, no. What actor do you want to direct? Oh, oh wow, um, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Actor I would like to direct, um, probably Michaela Cole. Uh, and what is your acting book recommendation? Oh, that one's easy. The op- the actors are in craft. William Esper, uh, Damon. Final Demarco. question: In ten words or less, what advice? Young actor. Hmm. <laughs> I'm counting on my hands. Don't want to. Don't want to break your rules, Juan. Hold on. Okay, here you go. It's show business. Don't be lazy, actors. Find education. Research. Beautiful. That is it for today's episode of Actors with Issues with special guest Courtney Gift, who you can follow on Instagram at Courtney Gift and follow us at Actors with Issues. Thank you once again to our sponsor, Anchor. For all of your podcasting needs, download the free Anchor app or visit anchor.fm. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and catch new episodes every Friday, everywhere that podcasts are available, and be so kind as to rate and leave a review wherever it is that you're listening. And again, if you can, please support the Black Lives Matter movement and organizations that help people of color and those in the LGBTQ community. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Stay safe and God bless. This is Juaniala signing off. Thank you.